Eternal Dirtles is a podcast sponsored by Paragon City Games and supporters like you. Come to our Patreon at patreon.com slash eternaldirtles and support us. Thanks. Stitcher Supplier is milling over three. Gak, gak, gak. Sacrifice it to cabal therapy. Gak, gak, gak. You know who's delving graveyards? None other. So can both them creatures then? No mana spent. Sup, Delver? Cast Gak on the sack. Gonna trample shit up. 8 8. Don't play. True name shit out of luck. Van Hammer. Did I stammer? RD done slipped up. We legacy in this necropolis is running them up. Black creatures, new features, straight up casting the gap. Convoking, shit spoken, as a matter of fact. Your Karaka stops his nonsense in this moment for show. But this gack can still gonna happen, your life totals no more. Opponent shrugging, they got nothing and conceding the game. It would serve y'all well to remember the name. Oh, gack, he attacked, coming back for some more. This format shakeup isn't ready to get gacked to the floor. What you doing? Stop the brewing and start casting the gack. In the red zone, they all tremble, cause they gonna get smacked. Oh, by the way, I got supplier and this hasty bug gas. Sign the slip, check the box, go enjoy some shake shack. Hello and welcome to Eternal Dirtles. I'm your host, Zach Clark, and with me as always, Nathan Gully and Phil Blackman. Nate, Phil, how's it going, guys? Pretty good. How are you doing? I'm doing okay. Got I'm my, good. Uh, you know, got my uh, old school thing going on right now. I'm, I'm pretty I'm pretty happy with my, my deck so far. I'm building it up. And now you want, you're, you're playing two vault? Time vault? Yeah, so uh, because Atlantic... Whoa. Hold on, hold on. Mm, what's that? This is our old school update brought to you by the epicsork.com. <laughs> uh yeah, uh so uh yeah, I'm I'm on stasis and I realized that uh Atlantic League uh allows for two stasis and I have a or allows you mean two, two time stasis, vault. Two time more than one time vault, right? And I actually own a unlimited time vault and I just recently picked up a uh collector's edition time vault. Collector's edition being legal in old school now. Um so I can actually play both of them because it's it's a good way for me to get uh get back in the game after stasis like kind of fizzled on my end. So uh one of the problems with stasis is if you have it out and you run out of lands to pay for it, you don't get to untap. Your opponent does. Um because it happens on your upkeep and you've already missed your untap step. So you basically lose a full turn there and your opponent gets to untap and do whatever nonsense they want to do. But if you have time vault you can, uh, instead of uh, having to deal with uh, paying the cost, you can untap the time bolt. Um, and then the next turn, when you would have to pay the cost and you don't have the mana to pay the cost, since you skipped your turn, you have un- an untapped time bolt, you would take your turn like normal, not untap anything, but then tap the time bolt to take an extra turn, go back to your uh, untap step, get a full untap, and probably play another time bolt. And, and generally, that's what locks your opponent down, is the second stasis. Yes, I actually think that's pretty cool. So being able uh, to play two of those is like having it in uh, in '95 where we can play uh, Ice Age cards. You get the Spot Acceptor. The Spot Acceptor is very good for this because you can just kill your own stasis and then play another. Um, so that it's the same concept, but it's just like it's a two mana version of that thing. Time Bolt's actually not that broken in this deck as much as it is just an enabler. It's not really broken in um, really any. Uh 
old school format. I mean, you could twiddle it, I guess. And there's like a three card combo yeah. with uh, what's it called? Do you know there was a legacy deck that played uh, multiple time vaults, four time vaults? Oh yeah. Before it was banned, it was not originally on the legacy <laughs> it was banned not list. Banned? That's ridiculous. It was not. It was not banned. Uh, it, it didn't work for some reason with with um. With Voltaic Key at the time, I think. Oh, okay. Yeah, and they, they were like, no, we got to get rid of this. Because it used to have uh, a ruling on it that said uh, the errata was put a time counter on it if you untapped it. And then if you tapped it and got rid of a time counter, uh, you could take an extra turn. But they got rid of all that nonsense so that you could just, like, abuse it with uh, Voltaic Key. Right. I have the combo, to know do, you, do you know the card that it comboed with? Ooh. The card is in Ravnica. Ravnica, huh? Uh, some guildmate. You're, you're never gonna get it. It's Flame Fusillade. Oh, I definitely have never even heard of that card. What does Flame Fusillade do? Uh, let's look it up because I actually don't know that the. Uh, I know what it does, but I don't know the casting cost. Flame Fusillade is not not loaded. Okay, it's three and a red for a sorcery. Until end of turn, permanence you control gain tap. This permanent deals one damage to any target. So it used to be that you could skip your turn at any point to put the time counter on time vault. Oh, and you just go infinite? So you'd skip infinite turns. Yeah, that's nice. And just tap the time vault to do the damage. That don't work and anymore. That doesn't work anymore. <laughs> it doesn't work anymore, but it, it does combo with Voltaic Key now. Time vault does, so it is banned in Legacy. But four time vaults in a Legacy deck, which I think is pretty cool. Yeah. Um, so uh, um, we, we have actual non-old-school non news this week. Uh, we, we should kind of get into a discussion we were having right before we started the cast. Right, we were looking at these new spoilers. Yeah, we'll go with spoilers. But not from, like, the perspective, uh, perspective of we need to, like, examine these spoilers. They're just weird. Yeah. So we've got... We're going to start with food tokens or the adventure? Let's start with the adventure. Okay. So we've got two cards. They're both creatures. Um, one is a love-struck beast. The other is a flaxen intruder. I'm not going to read all of them. Basically what happens is they have, like, basic uh, regular creature text. Mm -hmm. um, and then they have this little sort of side thing that's that's a different name with a different mana cost. And it's, it's sorcery m-adventure. So that means adventure is a, sub, uh, a subtype to sorcery. Like arcane, or uh, what? What are, what are some other sorcery subtypes? I guess tribal. Yeah, um, that's the only yeah. one I can think of. Saga. Saga is an enchantment. Enchantment, subtype, yeah. yeah. Uh, but yeah, so we're trying to figure out what how this works. So, Flax and Intruder, one green mana for a creature human berserker. It's a one-two. Whenever Flax and Intruder deals combat damage to a player, you may sacrifice it. When you do, destroy target artifact or enchantment. And it's got attached to it Welcome Home, which is five green green for sorcery adventure. Create three two two green bear creature tokens. What do I you guys have, how do you guys think this works? I I just I, I'm thinking to myself that because they're called adventures, you can't just have it. Even though it's an expensive spell for like something that you would think you get for value in a really long game, like seven mana for three two twos. But like you, I can't imagine flavor-wise they would be like, yeah, time to go on an adventure, cast the sorcery like you would normally cast anything else. There's got to be like some kind of hoop that you have to jump through, you have to put it somewhere, or you have to you have to achieve so, some kind of something. 
Playing off yeah. that, I would have said if we were looking at just this card, if this only had been printed, I'd been like, oh, the creature has to have attacked and done damage to the opponent, obviously. Like, that's an adventure. It's going out on a quest and doing the thing, right? But then you have Love Struck Beast, which can't attack unless you control a 1 1, and its, th and it's uh, adventure is create a 1 1. Well, it's interesting that both of the adventures create tokens. Hmm. That's the only thing they have in common. I I thought that you had to that it was a death trigger of some sort. So when the, the, they first spoiled the, the Flax Intruder came out first. It's got this self sacrifice built in. Mm -hmm. You don't have to target anything, but maybe it's like if you sacrifice this, then you have the opportunity to play the adventure, right? That in that minute. But it's a sorcery. Yeah. So I mean, it doesn't even need a card. I don't know. Wouldn't need a card type. And then, but of course, like the Love Struck Beast, not only does it not have a death trigger, it's set up to cast your adventure or to do your adventure, create a 1 1 white human creature token before you can do anything with the beast, which the beast can't attack unless you control a 1 1 creature. Yeah, unless you fill your deck with 1 1s. I mean, that can be a thing too. Um, so far. Right, but the point yeah. is that, like, exactly, it, it yeah. looks like there's some sort of. So the, the one, the, the Goldilocks didn't have any synergy, but the beast has a lot of synergy. Yeah. Um, yeah, it's, it's hard to tell just what these things do. It's like, is it like a different version of monstrosity? Uh, like Phil was saying before, uh, you know, is I, I just, I don't know. I can't, I can't get a bead on what exactly you're supposed to do with these. Like Flax Intruder, you know, you're not getting a giant value here for creating, uh, uh, three bear tokens for seven mana. It's like, it's an uncommon, so I get that. It's probably fine in draft or something, but, like, you're not, like, gaining a ton of value for paying seven mana for three three two twos. All right, so here's here's my guess. Mm. Because it's a, it says it's a sorcery, and so that's a card type, right? So this, this creature, when it's in the graveyard, the card types of these creatures are going to be creature and sorcery, right? Sure. That is true. So I, I, I'm going to assume that they're... The it's they made it a sorcery so that you couldn't do it at instant speed. Mm -hmm. And I'm going to uh, make the guess that it's going to play somewhat like sagas, where you can go on an adventure anytime on your turn, anytime you could cast a sorcery. And they needed to save the space on the text box of not putting in do this only anytime you could cast a sorcery. So they just made it a sorcery and then typed it that way. You, Adventures will be keyworded as adventures are a sorcery subtype, uh, so you can yeah, counter. Yeah. But we don't so like, know that there could be instant speed adventures. We <laughs> don't know this yet. This is sort of an interesting uh, case study in like what are we we're piecing it together from what yeah. we have, which is limited information. I think Phil's idea is just as valid. You yeah. know. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> we don't we don't know why, but that's what it is. And they seem to only make tokens so far, but we don't know what that's the only thing they're gonna do. Um. Is it a flat? There's, there's the question is like, is it a flat? Just a flashback variant. So this would be a creature with a flashback spell, which would be different than anything we've seen. It's not super interesting. But also, that, 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 that would be weird though. But, like I would have thought that for Flaxen Intruder, but since they spoiled Lovestruck Beast, I would think that that doesn't work because then Lovestruck Beast just doesn't do anything until it dies, and so its text is just like, it's it would be weird for no, them it's to be rare. Yeah. It would be weird for them to print a rare. Yeah, it would be weird for them to print a rare that doesn't work by itself. Right. Well, it was worse than that because if it's flashback, you flash it back and it's exiled, then you'd never even get your thing to attack with the one one dork you made. So you would never do that. You would just play a Mem Knight. Yeah, we also have to like I assume that uh Heart's Desire or 
uh, which about like adventures. My guess is that it's a rare because the heart's desire is one mana. And so my guess is that once per turn or something, you can go on an adventure and you can just do this every turn. So it's a three mana five, five that will produce a one, one every turn for a mana. You're going to produce be one, be one beauty every turn. That, I, I'm saying it's something <laughs> that's not like what that. happened in the story. And I have that, a four year old daughter. So that I can, flavor uh... is bad. <laughs> I would be very mad about that. Dude, if they wanted to print the, the correct beast, what they would have done is said, when he ETBs, uh, take your creature, take your opponent's creature's father into captivity. <laughs> put, put one creature in Ubalette. Yeah, where's where's the Gaston? Where's the Gaston we need? I know, sure. are we going to get a Gaston? Look, my, my daughter is like crazy, obviously, for fairy tales at this age, and I just can't wait to see all of them. They're going to be hilarious. Now is the time to teach her how to play magic, huh? I just yeah, taught my nephew how to play Magic. He's seven. Uh, I was very surprised that he was able to pick it up. Um, yes, I think the question is, okay, once, what, is that too powerful? Once per turn you cast a sorcery that's on the table? That's bizarre. It doesn't yeah, go to the stack. And it's then like, you have Goldilocks and the nine bears? It's a weaker goblin rabble master, honestly. <laughs> right. That's what it did. Sure. Um... Uh, yeah, I don't know. It, it's so interesting. I'm, I'm really, I'm really curious to see what's gonna, where this is gonna, uh, sort of, um, what's it called? Just sort of, uh, feel out. I don't, I don't know. I lost my train of thought, but. You know, how awful is it gonna be when Oko, like, like, food tokens are just gonna be something that's, like, absurdly relevant in Legacy? And so. <laughs> so, Oko, Thief of Crown. You're, you're, you're gonna have to play Oko's, and you're gonna play Oko, and then you're gonna have to create a food token every turn, but he's only gonna fit in, like, the grindiest of grind decks. And you're going to be like, oh, man, I am so hungry. Create a food token. One green and a blue for a four loyalty legendary planeswalker Oko. Plus two, create a food token. That is all it says. Plus two, create a food token. <laughs> oh, my my family could see me now. Plus one, target artifact or creature loses all abilities and becomes an elk with power or toughness 3-3. Three, three. Minus five, exchange control of target artifact or creature you control and target creature and opponent controls a power three or less. So here's the interesting thing. This is a three mana planeswalker mm -hmm. with four loyalty that could go as high as six. That makes me think food tokens might suck. That's why I assumed food tokens so, were bad. Okay, so <laughs> I, I, you know, again, I'm basing this off of my fairy tale knowledge here. But um, what's another word uh, for food? Edible. Mana. Oh, uh, that's true. Mana from heaven. Yeah. Wait, so you think that this is just another name for Ethereum cell or gold or... Possibly. So I, that's that's my guess off of flavor. Um, My guess off of what I think that this is, is it's just garbage. It's just uh, permanent on the board. It would be so weird to me that they would make... Like, they already made gold and then renamed it Treasure and then have mm -hmm. also named it Ethereum cell on a Tezzeret, and it, like if they just made food token another lotus petal like <laughs> at, 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 at what point are we just getting into the realm of like okay every token they ever are like you know make for flavor wise is just a lotus petal well I, why, why come up with so many different things yeah, to, I, guess you, yeah. I guess you just like parasitically make cards that would care about specifically that thing yeah like my, I care about food tokens. My guess is is honestly that it is it is a like sacrifice this to gain like a certain amount of life, like two life or something. I, I don't think that's right. That's yeah, so lame. Yeah, food tokens like can't be that good if you have a six uh, a three mana six loyalty planeswalker. 
Like that's all it's ultimate, to be a food token. It's ultimate it's not, not that good. Game. Yeah. And food token this? might How not even be an artifact. I think food tokens are actually going to be bad. Not like bad, like not good to play with, like bad for you. Okay, right? And here's why. His second ability says target artifact or creature loses all abilities. And so I think his plus one is going to work with his plus two to turn off the negative effect of a food token. We don't know that food token is an artifact or a creature, though. We do know that it is an artifact. Oh, we do. Okay, we've seen a yeah. food. We, 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 how do we know that it's an artifact? What, what information am I missing? Let's, food tokens are artifact tokens based on Mark Rosewater's Tumblr. Okay. Do we think that they Fair would enough. put their mythic planeswalker to interact <laughs> with an artifact that, uh, it, it, that Oko himself creates? To only to like turn off like something that you'd want. Uh, I mean, I can see you turning the food into an elk, and then trading your elk for your opponent's delver. I guess. The so food flies. It's it's food. Oh, dude, food could fight. It's a token that fights. Token that fights. Hold on. Let's let's, re let's see what puck. Fights. We're, we're basically. You think this is puck? This is puck. From mythology. From, from Shakespeare, uh, not from mythology. Well, there's a, there's a mythological puck as well. A domestic and nature sprite, demon, or fairy. And uh, if you had the knack, puck might do minor housework for you. I want to say we do now, the we do now know why they murdered Dak in War of the Spark. Because they needed Dak not to infringe on the IP of Oko, who's oh, yeah. their new thief. They were like, we've got this guy with a blue hand. Yeah, your red hand isn't <laughs> going to do it anymore, Dak. I, I think that, like, this, it's possible that, the, that they're useful but not good, if that makes sense. You, you just mentioned Dak Vader. Maybe, like, maybe you could, like, you know, sacrifice a food token to loot or something. Yo, that would be insane. <laughs> but Yo, then, but you, if but food token loot is that too good if, yeah, food token dude they just banned faithfully if food tokens could loot yo we're in i'm in we <laughs> are a six in. mana planeswalker where you draw a card and discard a card this is a that's not bad that's not that goes up to six loyalty and loots it just loots for one every turn no dude it puts a thing onto the table so you loot when you want to I think it. I think it's. I think plus one plus one counter. I think that's what you do with it. No, it's got, not, it's got, good, it's it's got to interact good. with the second ability. It's got to. Well, it interacts with the second ability that it's an artifact, and you make yeah, it into a can you turn into an elk. Yeah. Yo, are, are they going to give us elk tribal? Are elks going to become the new <laughs> merfolk of legacy? How many elks do you think there are in in Magic? In, Let's see. In standard, I don't have any idea, but uh, there are a lot of. There are 18 cards where the card types include elk. Hinds are elks. Oh, Great Sable Stag is yep. an elk. Golden Hind. Uh, Golden Hind. Yeah. Golden Hind is is an uh, elk. Yes. Burnished uh, Heart. That's a good card. Yo, is Flaxen when it says Flaxen Intruder? Flaxen is probably bear. a reference to a location. No, Flaxen means bear. It's her hair. It's it's hair. Hair color. He's blonde. Oh, she's blonde. She's yeah, yeah, yeah. Oh, yeah, Flax. I, mean. I didn't. I had no idea that Flaxen yeah. was uh, meant blonde. Sorry, it's Goldilocks. Anyway. No, I knew that, but I didn't know that Flaxen was a, a synonym for blonde. I was thinking uh, Ursine Intruder. 
uh, would, would mean. Oh, that. hold on a second, guys. So there was a card spoiled not long ago, Tulane Teller of Tales, two and a Bant, so one green, white, blue, and two colorless, uh, that says uh, whenever you cast a creature spell, draw a card, then you may put a land card from your hand on the battlefield, then three tap to uh, unsummon one of your creatures. That might be an indication into how these adventures work, that they have a card where you unsummon creatures. Do you think an adventure is just like it's a it's something that you can do if you played a creature this turn? It could be. It's it's such it's like you hope it's not lame, you know? Because it's like a new they made a whole new card type, you know? They made a whole new card type, and the 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 look of the cards, like the design of the card, is very fucking cool. sweet. Very cool. I would love I to see do, these. I do well. like I do quite like this. Yeah, I do quite like this. I think these are the special versions of the. They have different. Um, I think they have different. Uh, like, what's the word? Well, these are in the collector boosters, right? Is that like a special thing where you have to pay more money? Maybe. Yeah. Who knows? These well, the ones the, the the ones that they spoiled. Those are like the masterpiece versions. Okay. Yeah, they're like yeah, but they're in those Throne of Eldraine collector boosters. All right, well, we should move on to yeah, we should but, we should talk yeah. about actual legacy now. <laughs> yeah, I, I, aside from it looking like all of the five O decks are literally just you know good uh, good cards dot decks smashed together. I mean. I'm looking at a Renin six deck that is four colors and it's playing white now for Swords to Plowshares and Mentor, and it's yeah. still <laughs> playing Karmavoyth. I've been playing that. Like it, it literally is. Like we've gotten to the point where colors just don't matter. Just smash all of the best cards in the format into a deck and you know play them. Uh, great. But Nate, I, I I did just ship you guys a, uh, an Edo list from the Legacy Challenge this past week. Uh, that is what I imagine to be your dream deck. Yes, actually, this uh, gentleman, Kaifly, did talk about his tournament on Reddit, and uh, I've seen his deck before. Actually, uh, our compatriots over at the Eternal Glory podcast talked about this a while ago, which uh, I guess he took a break from playing it. I did try it once, this Jund, uh, it's a Jund Phoenix deck. Um, 14 it's it's lands, yo. 14 lands. Four land grants. Yeah, four land grants that can get you two taigas and a bayou, and that's it. That's really the point. It's really just a free spell. Yeah, it really is, yeah. It's a ritual. Um, yeah, uh, he's got Rite of Flame here. He's got Bedlam Reveler. I really like this deck. It's it's cool. I like the Bloodhall Priest. So, Ooh, Bloodhall uh, Priest. This, this is a cool card. Um, it's a four-mana 4-4. Four, four. <laughs> but it's one of these things where it's like, whenever it enters the battlefield or attacks, if you have no cards in hand, Bloodhall Priest deals two damage to any target. Well, you never have any cards in your hand when you're playing this deck. Because... Everything just gets spewed into the graveyard, pretty much. It's it's discard and faithless looting, and right of flame. Like you know, is yeah. Bloodhall Priest the best hellbent payoff that exists? <laughs> Probably. Um... <laughs> I, I I would say no. There's this card called uh, Infernal Tutor that's pretty good. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> yeah, I Infernal mean, Tutor. if this deck had tendrils in it, Infernal would be better. But I mean. This card is good for the the matchups where you want where you're where you're where you have four lands in play in your hellbent, because like it comes in, it does immediate damage, right? And then it's gonna pick off something every turn, which means it can ping a planeswalker. It's hit a, a delver, which is pretty beefy. Yeah, yeah it, it, it can hit. It can take out like um, uh, like a baleful strix that's in the way. Uh, it can take out you know a uh plague engineer on elemental. Um, if you have, if you're, you know, you have young pyromancer or whatever. So I think it's a, I think it's a cool idea here and you're going to find it. Um, 
Here's here's the secret tech of the deck for Leyline of the Void. We'll talk yeah. about that in a second. But uh, but yeah, no, this is a really cool deck. I, I should I should take it for another spin because I don't think I played this exact version. Uh, and I guess I should check and see if Kaifly um, has played it before August because I I do remember the discussion of Rite of Flame and Bedlam Reveler um, right around the time of Grand Prix Niagara and just like Bedlam Reveler, it, it's a creature that draws three. It's amazing that it isn't played too often, you know? Which creature? Bedlam Reveler. Oh, yeah. Yeah. Just it's a uh, two mana, three, four with prowess. The two mana three four that draws three. I mean, that's pretty good. Yeah. Yo, question. You... Alpine Moon. When you board it in against Depths, which I can only assume is the reason why they play two in the board. Uh, when you name Dark Depths with it, if they play a Dark Depths, does it have the counters on it still? It does not. If it goes by the Blood Moon. Uh... Yeah, no, this would not have it. Yeah. What I mean to say is, if you play Alpine Moon, Dark Depths, and Abrupt Decay, your Alpine Moon, do yeah, you get screwed. a 2020? Yeah, it's not the best solution. I'm trying to think if he has another reason to play this particular card. I think Alpine Moon is a bad card. <laughs> um, I guess well, you could name Thespian I mean, Stage. He's, not playing, path, he's also not playing Wasteland, so that's a thing, I guess. Well, you can't like, really. You're not playing. This is not a wasteland deck. You're not saying, like, into wasteland. You're, you're not but... playing wasteland, so you need <laughs> you need some hope against the, these decks. Yeah, no. I would just play. I just would just play two more pithing needles. Yeah, three pithing needles. Um, I mean, Alpine Moon has the luxury of being an enchantment, which makes it hard for some decks to deal with. Well, I'm trying to think like what other lands do you want to hit with this deck? I mean, like uh, Tabernacle. It's not really a deck. Uh, um, when you want to see, I mean, I guess like, I don't know. I think Alpine. The thing here's the thing. These Jund colors in general just have a lot of trouble with Merrill Age, and uh, I think that Jund is it would be really great right now in general if it wasn't for the Merrill Age decks. Like it's just so hard for the only thing you really have access to is Edict effects, and they're just never that great against a Merrill Age. Yeah. Um, they're reactive and they can discard your thing. The one thing, the thing that's nice about Alpine Moon is that you make your land drop and you play it on the play, and maybe they don't have an abrupt decay, or you know, you just keep you just every turn therapy name abrupt decay and hope you always hit it. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, and also, like if you you know if if you're playing a uh, four therapy four thought seize deck, you could turn one therapy or thought seize them, naming abrupt decay if this is a plan that you want to be on, right? You could also name Thespian Stage and then just hope to find your way around. Um, so you could bring in Plague Engineer and name Vampire, and then they can never get a Vampire Hexmage into play either. Yeah. So, I mean, they have abrupt decay targets. You basically have to you have to race without any Phoenix deck. It was like that for the Grixis Phoenix deck. Yeah. It's just not a good matchup. You have no real interaction for uh, any Merit Lage that they can't really deal with. Is the is this the first deck to ever Edo Legacy Challenge playing two Taigas? Ooh, probably. I'm sure, some lands deck. <laughs> Come on. <laughs> no, maybe. Well, actually, they hadn't. They didn't have Legacy Challenges when Zoo was good. Edo, Edo Legacy Challenge lost in the finals, I believe. So good for uh, MTG and Music Kaifly. What did it's it cool lose deck. to? Uh, I think he lost some sort of like horrifying Ren monstrosity. Okay, that's fair. Yeah, it was probably a Ren monstrosity that was. 
moving over into white so it could play mentor and swords and holy light in the board and holy light increase in the board that's yeah, not nothing, you're, nothing you're matters anymore up. where is this deck <laughs> send me this deck holy light. i'll send it to you hold on i'm sending it to you hold on hold on you're finding it hold on all right hold on we found it i gotta copy it copy pasta and sending thanks for sticking with us fam listening to the podcast <laughs> sent all right hold on did that was that link correct yeah <laughs> leaving facebook yeah I, I i was linked to it from facebook okay so i see this is this is no black yeah he's like i don't need black anymore i can play swords of plashos mentor and a bunch of white cards on the board off of a plateau and a tundra. Well, you know, I own a plateau, so six. I already like this deck. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Why? I mean, you're you're on four, Ren and six. So you obviously then, from there, after you think four Ren and six, you go, oh yeah, plateau and tundra. Yeah. This mana base: three tropical island, two volcanic island, one tundra, one plateau. Are your fetchable lands? Uh, you gotta love two lonely sandbar in your three wasteland. I don't like the Lonely Sandbar over, like, Fiery Islet or or something like that, honestly. I think Fiery <laughs> Islet's better because it's in play, so you can get rid of it. If you are, if you have to play that Lonely Sandbar, it's stuck in play. Oh, I see what you're saying. Yeah. yeah. Well, there are some people who say it's worth not hitting your land drop I, to draw I get a card that. if you're, like, you, digging you, for a wasteland. I do you get that. Cannot, yeah. You cannot, in your four-color deck think that lonely sandbar ever has to come into play as a land there's a 19 land deck that's playing hey man, uh, blue there cycle are, for rent there are times when you mulligan to five and you're like oh god i've only got a lonely sandbar but i've got no, like a ponder zero people are building there. their mana base thinking what is the odds that this is going to be a, in, I'm a, in my mulligan to five hand sure i mean it's 21 lands this is 19 like they're playing a 19 land deck then you think that that's that's yeah the, that's the choice okay they're playing a 19 land deck no Basics, three ways left. I, I do not like that there are no basics in this deck, honestly. <laughs> I, I, I really I really like Prismatic Vista right now, and, and and the only thing that this gets is the one thing I've learned about playing uh the the four color miracles deck that I've been messing around with is that your opponents really get a payoff from your basics if they're on uh dark depths. How do you how do you uh, I will explain that. Uh so I, I'm playing <laughs> Wasteland, right? And so huh? Wasteland's one of the great ways for me to get rid of the uh Dark Depths uh combo. But if they're playing with Thespian Stage, they turn their Thespian Stage into a uh what's it called? Into a basic. Into a basic. Okay. And then it becomes a real problem to try and like disrupt their combo because they've got a basic. So I have to like you know, I basically have to be on Swords of Plowshares at that point. So there is a there is a bonus to playing the style deck, um, and and this is like like I said, this is a mid range deck versus a control deck too, uh, like because they're playing uh, Dreadhorde Arcanist and Tarmogoyf. Yeah, the Dreadhorde Arcanist really um, negates a lot of the pain you get from playing four Swords of Plowshares in your two White Source deck. Yeah, and. In fact, only one of those white sources casts Red and Six, which is the most important card. You cannot let them have a Red and Six in this, you know. It's interesting how Red, Red and Six is definitely like that. You definitely can't let them have it. So it's it's getting there to be awkward, I guess. 
It's weird though because like there the the challenge this week. Um, let's just look at the legacy challenge. Uh, there was a lot of um. I I, I pumped. I typed this out earlier. It was of the top sixteen. There was something like seven decks playing Ren and Six. Mm-hmm. Five of them played Delver, and then another deck was like a blue red Delver deck. So you had eight decks that were like Ren and Six plus Delver or Ren and Six or Delver, right? Mm-hmm. Then there were like three Storm decks in the Reanimator deck, or four Storm decks in the Reanimator deck. So you had like five Dark Ritual decks, mm-hmm. right? And then you had three Show and Tell decks. The upshot was that 15 out of 16 decks were playing Ren and Six or Grizzle Brand. Um, or Dark Ritual, or something like some combination of that. Yeah. And then the sixteenth deck was Elves. Well, yeah. So there you go. <laughs> like this. So I mean, like, but but I had just finished a league where I played against Reanimator three times, um, which you know it's weird because like you either hit the Reanimator or you hit the Running Six. You don't you know you can't really. You know, uh, looking you know at this deck, uh, the the four color mid range deck, just uh, as a as an off thought, so. I, I play a very similar deck to this in Vintage. Um, you know, Tarmogoyf, Snapcaster Mages, uh, and, and Renin Six. Uh, you know, basically just playing Ulfs instead of, like, uh, Dreadhorde Arcanist to turn off uh, their, their power. Um, yeah. But, you know, one thing I noticed when I was playing in uh, Vintage uh, that I, I think will be easily carried over in this deck to, to Legacy is that um, Jace the Mind Sculptor is just not great um, in a in a world full of narsets and uh and uh red elemental blasts, right? Not as many people are playing blue elemental blasts, and you can play Chandra uh, Torch of Defiance instead, and still get that card advantage, um and and the ability to like end the game, um but you get, you know, you just get a thing that like sort of sticks on the board a little bit better. Yeah, I haven't liked Jace for a while, like since basically since the three mana planeswalkers were printed. Yeah. I just I just don't find the four mana like, like I was saying like it's just like oh good it's Jace which is weird to say like oh it's yeah. just Jace it's only good Jace thing it's just Jace yeah. <laughs> I can beat a Jace I've seen Jace for you know the past decade every day so I can I can see it yeah but um, like everyone's playing you know some some number of pyro or, or red blasts uh, and and there are hydro blasts jumping into the meta game because of Renin six. Um, but that at least creates a, uh, a dichotomy there where your opponent has to decide whether or not they want to get rid of run and six, save it for run and six, or they want to get rid of this Chandra Torch of Defiance that's on the board. Looking at Jace's, uh, that appeared in the challenge this week. So your top eight of the challenge went like this. Hmm. Uh, first place, uh, Sneak and Show. Second place, uh, Dreadhorde Arcanist, Blue Red Delver. Um, third animator black red fourth place storm fifth place show and tell sixth place this is a two renin six three hex drinker rug delver deck there's delver secrets in there as well uh seventh place is chase with his with his four color pile the punishing deck deck oh yeah punishing deck um and then eighth place was another rug delver deck with ren this one had three hex drinker one hooting mandrills um, these decks, by the way, are just check in. No stifles. There's no stifle. That's your top eight. Ninth place was Storm. Tenth place was Red and Six Delver and Dreadhorde Arcanist in the same deck. Uh, eleventh place was Elves, the one Elves deck. 
12th place was Ren and Six Delver in the same deck. 13th place was Show and Tell. 14th place was Storm. So you really just sort of see this consolidation. And the 15th place was a Jace Ren and Six uh, four color control deck. Did not have Dreadhorde Arcanist. The only one of these decks that did not have Dreadhorde Arcanist or Delver um, along with the Ren and Six. And then another rug, and then you have the 17th place. The first appearance of the card, Swords to Plowshares, is in 18th place. I, jeez, uh, that's crazy that Swords to Plowshares is 18th place is the first time you see it. That You think that's crazy. Phil, you ready for this? Here's your yeah. 18th place deck for the challenge this week. Creature, 19th. Three Fipple Fipple lost. <laughs> yeah, dude. It's Chippeway. Have, have you read Fibble something Caracas, dude? <laughs> yeah, this is it. One Mother of Runes, one Stair Avenger, four Stoneforge Mystic, two Tomek, Distinguished Advocate, four True Nemesis, four Weathered Wayfarer, four Aether Vial, three Swords, uh, Fire and Ice, Light and Shadow, and a Jite, four Brainstorm, three Days, four Force, four Swords to Plowshares, and then 19 lands, including three Wasteland and two Caracas. Is me going Truly deep on a man Tomek after, after your own chaos? Dude, <laughs> actual draw engine. This happened. So I played a football flip miracles deck with Caracas. I played, you know, the Caracas. This legends. isn't miracle. This is like a this is a vile deck. Yeah, it's, it's a vile deck. I played like a Caracas legends miracles list when football flip first came out, and this actually happened. So I played football flip, and then announced to the room that I cast a football flip, and everybody's like, "What?" And I was like, "Yeah, this card's this card's insane." And then what happened is I'm playing against Death Shadow. And I get Fubblethup and Caracas, and they're like, oh, man, this shit's going to bury me. There's a Fubblethup <laughs> in the graveyard, and they are priced into surgicaling my Fubblethup. As you bounce into your hand? Fubblethup's so good, dude had to board in surgical to try and break it up. Yep. Anyway, that was it was a really bizarre challenge. After that 18th place deck, there's a 19th place blue-white stone blade, 20th place blue-white stone blade, 21st place, Death and Taxes. The first appearance of Chalice of the Void is in 22nd place. That's great news. Uh, this is a stupid Eldrazi deck. Um, 23rd place is Hogak, uh, Zombardment. And then 24th is the Grixis Control deck with Ren, so the four-color control. Then Reanimator, then Agro Loam, or uh, four-color Loam. Uh, Forge combo, which is cool. This, this Mystic Forge combo deck I played against uh, this gentleman, Susurus MTG, a couple times. It's a really interesting deck. Um, and then Tess, Reanimator, can we talk Spanish about, Inquisition. Can we talk about the deck that uh, that uh, Phil just uh, posted to us? Because that I, is I, bonkers. I sent you guys two of them. Yeah. I sent you two lists. And let me tell you, <laughs> I was so close. I was so – Okay. Which one do you want to talk about first? Let's talk about the DNS solver one. Uh, hold on, I'm, I'm jumping back to see which one that is. That's that's the one. That's the one after your. Oh yeah. Stratus yeah. Dancer. We already talked about the ninja deck, didn't we, with the Ornithopters? We Dude, should talk I, about this I, one. I, I tried. Yeah, I was saying that I I tried to play Ornithopter with Retrofitter Foundry as a way to like just make cheap four forwards. You want to know what I did? I put. The, I was. I was tier. I was level one. I was so basic. I was like, oh man, artifacts. Let me play this with Psy. Let me play. Let me get some more one ones that works with retrofitter because retrofitter works with Psy. I was like, oh, ABC, ornithopter, retrofitter, Psy. This all works together. We're doing something. It's going to be great. And you know what this guy did? You know what he did? He went to the next level. He leveled me. He was just like, you know what this deck needs? Ninjas. Yep. 
Yeah, because the Ornithopter gets bounced by the ninjas. It's a free attacker. I am an idiot that I didn't immediately go to ninjas. Plus, the Retrofitter Foundry upgrades your Ornithopters to 4-4s. So it's a one mana. That's two cards for a 4-4, but you can do that if you want. <laughs> well, Retrofitter also it, it just makes a, a, a consistent stream of creatures yeah. for you to just attack in so you can continuously get your ninja game on. But anyway, the, so the uh, this mono blue deck, the Dreadnought deck, this is a, this is Scroll of Fate, which is the manifest a card from your hand, right? Yep. So there you go. What are you manifesting? You're manifesting Dreadnought. And then the Stratus Dancer, which is uh, Megamorph. Yeah, should we describe what this deck is? We want to acquire subscribers believe when we say you'll win all your die rolls and be on the play patreon it's only one click away patreon head on over and donate to patreon there won't be any misplays support eternal turtles podcast today yeah Let's let's talk about it. Known as U, the deck, the letter it's U. Mono blue stifle. It's mono blue stifle not. So he's got a stifled days force, four vision charm, which works with with dreadnought as well. Um, you want to know what vision charm? Like I think vision vision charm is an absolute embarrassment. But <laughs> yes, I I will say I, I'm looking at what it does, and I'm like, okay, so this card just does actual nothing if you don't have a Phyrexian dreadnought on the table. And then I'm thinking to myself, wait a minute. All lands of one type are the basic lands of your choice until end of turn. Can you you can color screw people? Sort of. <laughs> like I guess you could be like all planes are now swamps. So it's a really bad time walk that's very situational. Yes, it saves a very bad card. It saves your scroll of fate. You could just phase out your scroll of fate. Oh shit! It's a counterspell against a braid. Yeah, I mean it is it is a counterspell uh, uh, for your Phyrexian Dreadnought too. If you've got it on the board, like you can you save know, your Dreadnought. It also, you know what? Actually, it probably did most of the time. If you didn't have Dreadnought, it probably just mm -hmm. became a two-two. It probably just milled four cards to the. <laughs> no, no, it probably. Well, actually, that's a good point. You can just make it a two-two. That's actually what's nice about this deck is that when you have day, when you draw that like days, and your opponent has eight lands. Yeah. Two-two. Two two. When you draw the second scroll of fate, it's a two two. I can tell you uh draw playing, island number five, it's a two two. From playing against a uh whisper silk elemental, uh when Tony Loman accidentally brought a standard deck to uh to Legacy, <laughs> that card crushed me because it is a four four for five mana that just manifested every turn. And Rug Delver has a real problem with that card. How did he get it past days? He did. I don't I can't tell you how he did it. He just did. I think because he had enough green cards that he used like a, a, a shrine of Nyx to like get over top of me. I have no idea what card this Nyx is. Nyx shrine of Nyx. Like he just Could like you tapped like eight mana. Whisper Wood Elemental. Yeah, Whisper okay. Wood. Do I have to play this shit in, in Atlanta? <laughs> oh, actually, I had put on my list. Are we gonna call off our bet? Do you agree that Dreadhorn Arcanist is better than uh, Augur Bolas now? <laughs> I thought I had conceded that like in in in. Uh, certainty in an opening song. Oh, that's good. Okay, good. 
I just wanted to make sure before I showed up with something else because I do have a deck I've been working on. That I oh no, I, I was I was wildly wrong. Yeah. Quick note: uh, we have a new opening song as of as of this cast, so uh, I, I hope you guys all like it. Uh, well done, well done, Phil. Gak, yo. <laughs> um, you can play this in you can play this in Atlanta. You wanted to bring a bunch of valuable cards, mono blue. You can literally bring uh, what? How much is this? Well, that what I want to know is... How well, it says it's quite a bit, but <laughs> you don't have to bring any underground seas. I mean, I have I have Dreadnoughts from uh, trying Lazavnot, so we're, we're there. I think the real embarrassment thing here is, like, man, I love me some jank, but, like, Vision Charm is even a lot for me. <laughs> it's it's your backup, but that way you can stifle their fetch lands without no, I, worrying I about mean, I, I, I get it. I, I get what they're doing. I mean, he did it. They're doing it, but man, you're just ah man, you're gonna draw vision charm and you're gonna be at a legacy event and you're gonna be like, what am I doing? Can we talk about the the sideboard tech of contentious plan? Yeah, dude, turns off uh, chalice. Uh, I see. There you go. I was like, why the deck? do we Come want on. this card? Okay, that makes sense. We put a, putting a chalice on two is generally good. I'm trying to think if it does anything else. No, I was it, like, ooh, it, you it stress dancer. It becomes a 4-3. A <laughs> it turns oh, off Chalice. Right. And, uh... I guess. It's such a bad synergy. It's not a bad synergy. Like, you know, you get a Stratus Dancer out, and, and then you like, draw I'm that. going in. 4-3. <laughs> what Stratus is it's... Fairy's Realm for? Um, it, it also gets around... Um, uh, chalice on your turn. That's what it's for. You can just phase out all the artifacts. The beginning of each player's upkeep. That player chooses artifacts, creatures, lands, or global enchantments. All cards of that type phase out. So it also gets rid of uh, Elephant Grass if your opponent is on Enchantress. Yeah, I mean, there's got to be a good reason. You can, you can phase out all their lands so they can't do anything. Like, if they have, like, no board, then you're just free to do whatever you want. I mean, whatever. It's cool. Oh, card. Shit. Yeah. You can phase out lands. Yeah. Uh, yeah. You can phase out... I, I've seen this card used in some, storms, uh, in some storm sideboards to phase out artifacts so that you can play around... Uh, so you don't have to play into a, you know, Trinisphere and stuff. But, like, if you're playing against, like, heavy artifact... It's an interesting stack. sideboard card. I'll, I'll, I'll give it that. Also, the art is super cool. Yeah. Um. Yeah, I think this deck is is interesting. I'm. It's cool that he five would with it. It's got four vision charm. You know, whatever. <laughs> Spike vision charm. Take vision charm up to up from uh, twenty four cents to twenty four dollars. So I've been uh, I've been testing actual junk, like literal junk, like Abzan recently. Abzan. Here's my problem that I had. I really wanted to play Jund, but it's so bad bad against the dark depths decks. Mm -hmm. That I just like could not, in good conscience, do it, which is you know just a kind of a crappy situation to be in. Um, and I decided that I like I, as much as I think Renin Six is great and probably the best mid range card in a long time. I switched to to Junk where I just kept the gray and black shell and then played white. Um, and I was gonna play Stoneforge Mystic and I didn't. I ended up just playing a deck where the only white cards are four Swords to Plowshares and one Gaddic Teague. So I've down to just like three um, white sources plus a Caracas, you know, 
But I got to say, Elvis Reclaimer is insane. And it's insane in the way that it, that I that I'm you know it's insane in that it searches up any lands you want right so I can you know I can get my Caracas if I need it I can find a nurturing peat I don't have any dark depths or anything but just like it's a one mana three four you read those grindy games you draw a green sun zenith and it's just like zenith for one here's a three four you know like if you don't want to play the spell pierce or days for whatever reason if you're like short on mana against like one of those kinds of decks it's like one mana two mana you know get a three four. And then that 3-4 just protects you from Wasteland because you can always just leave it up if you need to. Elvish Reclaimer is really good. It's I, I'm going to say it. I think it's as good as Deathrite Shaman. Like, it's the best green... It's, and I think it's the best green card that was printed recently. Dude, well, it's, it has the most played green card in Legacy stapled onto it. I don't... Yeah. What? Uh... I mean, I think the best green card printed recently was Ren and Six. But that's red and green. I'm yeah. talking about just green. Uh, probably, har- I, I don't know. I think Heart of Summer is probably seeing slightly more play. Veil of Summer is also of Summer. great. Veil of like, Summer. I feel it, like we talked about when Ren and Six came out, like there was a reason to actually like play like forests, you know? And then they released Elvish Reclaimer and Veil of Summer and M20. And now I'm just like, man, green is back. And I think it's awesome. This is like sort of a, a different kind of Maverick deck. I have like a, a Green Sun Zenith package and like a small lands package. Um, but it's not like, you know, I'm not playing eight, you know, seven to eight dorks like Maverick does, which is good because like Red and Six and Plague Engineer just like ruin X1s, right? There's no X1s. The only X1 I have is one Hex Drinker. And that Hex Drinker, well, I have a Birds of Paradise, but I haven't tested this build yet. But like the only reason I have the Hex Drinker is because I figured in like sort of late games against... Um, you know, those really, again, like against really grindy decks where I don't think, you know, for some reason, I don't think an Elvish Claimer is going to go there. I can Zenith up a Hex Drinker and give it protection from instance, you know, probably immediately. You know, if I got a bunch of lands on the table, 24 lands in the deck plus uh, Ramanop Excavator, you know. But yeah, I mean, I, I, I did, I'm doing pretty well with it. I uh, had a couple nice leagues. I thought I was going to get the 5-0 and then my deck just like fell apart like against... Death Shadow, which kind of sucks. I feel like this deck is probably really good against Death Shadow otherwise, but I, I just had like, you know, it was one of those things where just like you have like the worst possible draw. Like I just had like I like I couldn't find a good draw, and then um, so I died with like no black lands in play and three discard spells in my hand in game one, and then in game two I made a mistake. I I aggressively wastelanded them, but. What happened was I just didn't have any mana, and all their cards are one mana. It's like I wouldn't make that mistake again, you know. But like in that same league, it was just like reanimator, 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 just mulligan the ley line of the void. Everybody, that's all you need to do. Mulligan the ley line of the void. <laughs> like, what are they gonna do? You know, they're they, they might kill it, but you know, they they have to kill it. So, I don't know. I'm really I'm really high on this deck. It's a lot of fun to play. It it's it's. Like Maverick and Jason, it's John to Jason. It's it's good. It's fun. Um, but I just think Elvish Reclaimer is like. Um, we were I went back and listened to our review of the M20 set, right? Yeah. And I said like I think this is more interesting as a three four than as a crop rotation just because it comes into play tapped. I was clearly wrong about that last part. Like it's completely you know re uh, revitalized the depths archetype. Yeah. But even then, like. I realized again after playing with it a few times that like I just put one in play on turn one and then don't do anything on turn two. Like I always just it's always a three four, and I gain that extra. I actually attack for one more 
than I would have if I attacked on the turn, if that makes sense. So like instead of attacking for one and then leaving it tapped, right? Because you, you usually can't get it to be a three, four on turn two. That's almost impossible. A three, four like, on turn two? Shout out yeah. to fetch lands. Well, yeah, but you, you only have two fetch lands in your graveyard on turn two. You isn't know what I'm it, saying? Is it, isn't it two or more lands or is it three or more lands? It's three or more lands. Oh, that's why. Never mind. Yeah. I take it back. I take it back, mob. Angry mob. Like, but, um, but yeah, so, uh, so instead, but yeah, but that's what I'm saying. Like, so instead of, instead of, you know, attacking with that, I just hold it up. You know, opponent doesn't want to do anything in the face of an untapped Elder Claimer. End of turn, you just fetch up another fetch land and you, um, fetch that turn. Then you attack with a three, four on turn three with, you know, three men up. And it's, and you can do a lot of, a lot of good stuff from there. So I just, I just find that, I just find the card to be really good. The point being that, like, you've attacked for three on a turn where if you didn't do that, you would have only attacked for two by then, you know? But you, you don't need to get in for the one. The, and the three, four gets through a lot of stuff. The other thing that the deck can do now is it can actually do a nice bluff game because if you were to pass on two mana, the Dark Depths decks all play four Abrupt Decays now. Yeah. So you can absolutely, like, have options available to you in your, you, you know, having a tutor on the table plus removal for any of the things that are relevant against your combo. It's like you just get to free roll it. It makes yeah. the deck so clean. Well, I haven't been playing Dark Depths the combo, just to be clear. I just, But I do think Elvish Reclaimer is just like a good, it's just a solid card. Right, right. No, think... I'm, I'm just saying that like the, the action of like passing with the, if I don't want to do anything, I could just tutor my out of my deck Yeah, is really good because it goes, okay, the, the opponent now has to make a choice. Am I going to try and deal with this thing and then let you tutor? Or do I do something else, in which case you could abrupt decay it instead. Yeah, I've got four abrupt decays. That's one of the reasons I wanted to play this color combination. Because I really felt abrupt decay was very strong in the current meta with all the red and sixes and, you know, the blue-white planeswalkers that are three mana um, and, uh, you know, various sort of chalice uh, decks. But I just figured out I could make myself less weak to chalice by boarding out all my, my one-mana discard. And then just, uh, you know, I have Zenith to get my Elvish Reclaimers. And, you know, I have Abrupt Decay to kill the Chalice if I ever need to Swords of Flashers or anything. So go ahead. Please put a Chalice into play. I'm just going to make Tarmogoyfs. <laughs> you know? So, it's I don't know. The deck's been really good. I'm, I'm trying to sort of feel out uh, how good it is against the other Valleywee decks. Like, am I getting valued out too much? I haven't had that problem so far. So far, it's been good against the Red and Six decks. I've only lost to the very aggressive Delver decks like the blue-red Arcanist decks and the Death Shadow, which was extremely aggressive. Just, like, too aggressive for me to stabilize. But, like, the sort of dirtily decks just kind of sit back and pick stuff off with removal and then slam a Tarmogoyf and go to town. No one has any stuff. So, But Veil of Summer, Elvish Reclaimer, Plague Engineer, these all really did a lot of, did a lot of work. And yeah. I'm, I'm happy to see that. I just want to uh, give a quick shout-out to Famdula, who 5 owed uh, a, pre uh, a recent Legacy League playing Enchantress with a 13-card sideboard. Well done. Woo! Oh, you you once played with a 13-card sideboard, Phil. Dude, <laughs> I once... I, I, my, my best finish ever was with a 14-card sideboard. Ah, Forest. That's right. Uh, but Forest was my 15th card. Because I forgot. Um, any more decks you want to talk about, or should we get to a couple segments? Let's get, the, uh, let's get to the segments. Unless, Phil, you have another deck? I would, but you hate to see it. <laughs> <laughs> uh, 
We actually have two segments. We, we had an old school update, but we talked about the top of the show. Um, we have a coverage budget reallocation report. As you all know, uh, there's not a lot of budget for Magic the Other coverage. So what is Hasbro spending their time on? Uh, my kids were watching Nickelodeon this weekend, and there's a game called Plumber's Pants where you add hooks to the back of a plumber's pants until his pants fall off. This is a has this is from it's Hasbro a Hasbro game. game. Okay. This is a Hasbro game. Okay. Um, I should have asked you guys about this. I forgot because you're we talking about the uh, storybooks, but the, I had a, I had a punt of the week, and we should all come up with our punts of the week. But I'll do my punt of the week as the idea. It's playing vintage depths. Actually, I decided to try depths for vintage. We have a, a tournament this weekend, um, and got four fast bonds in it. Right. Mm-hmm. So it's, I'm playing. It's like the last round of my testing league. I'm two and two. I'm like ah, kind of just not figuring it out. I play something. I play like a Deathrite Shaman. My opponent uh, plays Lin and passes back. I play a land, pass back. They Demonic Consultation and name Show and Tell. So they Demonic they demonic Consult for Show and Tell. They get it. They put a bunch of Moxes into play and then cast Show and Tell and then put an, em- an Ember Cool into play. And I concede with a crop rotation in my hand and a Caracas in my oh! deck. And I'm Pat Green Mana. Now here's what happened. I am so used to playing against Omniscience that I forgot that you can bounce stuff with Caracas. I was like, oh, they clearly have Omniscience, so I just I'm gonna concede here. And then as soon as I did it, I realized how bad it was. Yeah, that was that's a bummer. They had one card in hand. It could have been the one mental misstep. So I'll just tell myself that could have been the one mental misstep. But yeah, because I like they consult, they go down to like 14 cards in the library before they finally hit a show and tell. And, um, you know, they put the Emrakul in, and I see the omniscience in their pile. It's basically just just regular legacy show and tell with like a dig through time, a treasure cruise, a time walk, like just yeah. ancestral, that kind of stuff. But yeah, so anyway, that really hurt. That stung. That stung. But I just. It's like one of those things where it's like you see yourself doing it and you're like, oh, no, no. don't do that. Yeah. <laughs> That's it for segments for this week. We will try to get our, our make sure you guys get a punt of the week. I'm sure I can figure out a punt of the week. Uh, now that Phil is uh, is working with me, we're going to make sure that we go to uh, Legacy on Mondays for now on. All right. There you go. Yeah. Congratulations on the job, Phil. Uh, thank you. The unfortunate uh, punt that I'm going to do is uh, when we go to those weekly legacy events, uh, I'm going to have to play Vision Charm. <laughs> All right. All right. Well, uh, I think that that does it for this week. That does it for me. Yeah. Um, oh, or just playing some finish this weekend. We and, should uh, check. Uh, do we have any new patrons? I don't think. We uh, no new patrons. They haven't heard the new song yet, though. Yeah. It could all come around. All right. There we go. Well, I'm looking forward. I'm going to play some vintage this week. Probably will play depths because I just want to play four fast bonds. I don't know what else to do with it. I, I will <laughs> say this. Somebody uh, wrote me uh, in on the uh, Patreon and actually really agreed with Phil. That's right. I did see that. <laughs> I'm sorry to uh, who that was. I think his name was Paul. Paul, yeah. Uh, but we didn't get to answer you this week because we're kind of squeezing this in, but I, we will get back to you. Uh, yes, yeah, so this is Paul, Paul Salen. This is a really nice deck. He wanted to talk about Nick Fit, and I just didn't have time to play Nick Fit. I, I remember I wanted to like, oh, I should play Nick Fit League and then get and then we could talk about it. So maybe I'll do that um, 
we we'll have an assignment Nick for next. Week. Oh, you guys, we should all play Nick Fit. Oh God. Do you guys own? Do you guys own Nick Fit cards? I don't you probably... own Bayous. <laughs> what am I gonna play? Blue, green, red, Nick Fit. Dude, I I I don't know. <laughs> you you and I clearly have a different definition of what Nick Fit means. I can definitely play Nick Fit because I do have 75 cards somewhere. <laughs> you have 75 one ofs. Somewhere, somewhere, I, it, somewhere I, I can, I can put together 75. Cards. I would need birthing pods. I would need veteran explorers. I don't have um, any of those things. Yeah, I, I did want to, but I did. I, I'm sorry, Paul, because I really did want to play. I do have a Nick Fit deck uh, that I, the, like the Nick Fit Karn deck that I played a couple times, uh, and have not played it in a while. But I was, I was actually kind of like looking at it longingly while trying to decide what to do um, in Legacy for the um, Grand Prix, and uh, I think I'll take it for another spin so that we can talk somewhat about Nick Fit, um, because, you know, it's, it's going to be tough because Nick Fit uh, versus uh, a lot of Storm and a lot of Reanimator is going to have some trouble, but, you know, there's always, there's you always some build that you can get around. <laughs> yeah. What's in this build? There's a Leyline of the Void. I don't know. Yeah. Maybe. Cool. Well, uh, right. yeah. Okay. So I think that officially does it uh, for us this week. Uh, thank you to all of our uh, patrons. Uh, and uh, yeah, if you want to help out the cast, you can always uh, hit us up at uh, eternal uh, patreon.com slash eternal dirtles. Uh, when you hit $20 with us, we send you a t-shirt. That's yep. it, right? That's it. That's it for us. Have a great week, guys. Good week, everyone. Night. Can you see any more stuff? It's our good. Keeping up with the Joneses. Stop, stop, any more stuff. Can you see any more stuff? It's our good. Keeping up with the Joneses. Keeping up with the Joneses. Keeping up with the Joneses. All right. Where does he get those wonderful toys?